Welcome to In This New Season, where we're learning this life again and again. This episode is brought to you by Libra. Libra is on a mission to make great tasting non-alcoholic beverages more available to Canadians so they can socialize without sacrifice everywhere they go. Award-winning and made by real brewers, and we truthfully really love it and actually drink it. Libra is Latin for balance, and that is what they're hoping to bring to consumers, the balance between being social and fun and getting things done. Find Libra near you at drinklibra.ca. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is all about visioning for the year ahead. How can we be intentional about the upcoming year, feel good about it, feel excited about it? Uh, I'm so excited about today's episode, and it's officially the first episode of season two. We're here. We're here. We did it. (laughs) We're so excited. Thank you for sticking around with us. Oh, yes. And this is a really, really Mm -hmm. fun topic to start the season on. Yeah. And I know we're um, releasing this a little after New Year's, but what I think the beauty of that is sometimes... You write all these things that you're thinking for the new year, and then like a week or two later, you're like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably about the approach maybe Mm -hmm. that was used to set the intentions. I know for me personally, I've really changed my routine around this in the last like 10 years or so. (laughs) I, I love this time of year to do a little refresh, but oh, I used yeah. to I only yeah January so good. and September. September, love I them both. Yeah. And I think too, like if whether you're whether you started and did some New Year's set like resolution setting, goal setting, whatever you call it, and aren't pumped about it and want to do a reset, great. Or if you didn't do it at all because you're like, you know what, I'm not feeling in the zone of this kind of thinking, then maybe this can be an invitation of a new way. And also you know, we're mid-January. We we just want to, like, I guess say that you can start anytime. Anytime. It, like if you're okay re-listening you in it. June, yeah. go for it. Go. <laughs> There's no wrong yeah. time. Yeah. The Tuesday yeah. in June. Have a, just a reset this of what you're, mm-hmm. yeah, what you're thinking. I used to look at this time of year as putting down things that were very, like a, like a checklist. Mm-hmm. And I've really changed that into more of a feeling. I'd say in the last five years, it's much more about a feeling, how I want the year to feel, how I want to feel, um, instead of like the goals I want to accomplish. Of course, I still, you know, I put some goals in for myself, but they're not nearly as like dogmatic as they used to be. I don't, you know, I don't put down like that I need to meditate so many times a week anymore. Um, if I want more of something or less of something, I just use those words. Mm-hmm. I would like more of meditation this year. I would like less of scrolling on my phone mm-hmm. because it feels less restrictive and more like heart opening almost. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to go into a new year telling myself, well, you got to fix all these things to have a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not the energy we need in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few years, people. It's been a rough go for the world. It started off gentle, gentle, gentle. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Let's start gentle. I think that makes so much sense. I think sometimes we start the year in this sort of all or nothing way where it's like I'm going to tighten things up, clean things up, get make everything like these sort of harsh, intense, regulated uh, idea of of like ideal. And then we beat ourselves up when we can't sustain that. But I always feel like it's so dangerous to to build a plan that's about the like the uh, exception. Like if we're if we have this way of being that we that when we're really controlled we can pull it off, 
but we can only do that some of the time. That's that shouldn't be the target. That we shouldn't make the that our baseline. And so the more that we can think about how we're setting ourselves up for the year ahead, how we're talking to ourselves, how how kind we're being with our own expectations, then the more likely we are to be inspired by our own our own um, vision for ourselves. So I think sometimes the visions that we or the goals that we set, we have to ask, where are they even coming from? Are these coming from inside of me or are these influenced by what I think I should aspire to? Mm -hmm. Should is a dirty word. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard one not to bring in. Yeah. And we we did talk about that in the last season in the comparison episode. Like should is really difficult. And again, let's not start the year with a should. Let's just— Let's just go on in, nice and gentle, like it's <laughs> yeah. a nice warm pool, you Dance know. Dance on in, Dance on in. yeah. Bring some play. <laughs> Maybe yeah. roll in, like yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Kaylee and I did a dance class, and one of the um, exercises we did was to roll across the floor, but you had to keep one body part on. It's like the leading body part had to stay on the floor. And that's kind of how I'm envisioning going yeah. into the gym. I'm just like, yeah, just rolling in, staying a bit grounded, but like also letting things be a little loose. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Moving and connected. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, there are a few things that I do every year around this time that really helps me kind of envision what I'm looking for, or what I'm feeling like maybe I need in my life. Um, so one of the things that I do that can be kind of sticky, like take time to do this because it can bring up a lot of emotions, but I like to reflect on all the bad things that have happened, which sounds so counterintuitive, but it's, I really like to, to kind of take stock of like, okay, well, when this situation arised, how did I handle it? What felt okay in moving through that and what didn't feel okay moving through that, um, And sometimes it's like a list, sometimes it's a bullet point list, or sometimes it's just like a very long journal session where I'm like spilling my guts a little bit. But I also really like to write a letter. So I usually take what I don't want to bring into the next year. So maybe it's like if you're grieving something, I'll write that down. Maybe I don't want to bring the sad part of this grief with me into the next year. Put that down. Sometimes if you're you know, in conflict with another person, I'll write them a letter. I won't send it. I'll write them a letter of all the things that I feel like I just need to get out, but I don't actually think it's fair to burden onto the other person. And then I burn it. I burn all the bad stuff and it feels so good. (laughs) I have a like a little fire pit in our backyard, um, but there's been years where I just like burn something outside, like literally holding a piece of paper of all the things I want to let go. And it's something about watching it actually disintegrate that -hmm. feels so good because it feels like oh okay that's done you know like that's over um I don't have to carry that with me it's gone it's Mm -hmm. the visual for me is so important like writing it getting it out and then watching it disintegrate Mm, that makes sense that's powerful ritual. I want to burn some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come you to your fire. over and burn whatever you need to. I love that. Yeah, it's, it is. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. That's a nice, and that's so, to take that sort of, it sounds like sacred time, mm-hmm. just a, a significant amount of ta- time to let yourself do that and release the, the year. And yeah. 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 yeah, it does. It really does feel like a release 
Mm-hmm. Like it just, I always find I breathe so much easier mm-hmm. after that's done. And then I can move on to the good stuff. But I really do. I like to burn the bad before I invite in all the good. Um, and the last few years, what I've been doing is writing a list of all the good things that happened to me that year. And sometimes it's really small. Like the year we got our coffee maker, I was like, I had amazing frothy coffees every day, every day this mm-hmm. year. Or I have access to music at my fingertips anytime I want it. Or it could be big things like the birth of a child or a celebration. But all the things are good days that you had. And one of the reasons I love journaling so much is I can go back and mm-hmm. I can find all these things that it's really easy to focus on the negative and forget really nice little moments, like little moments throughout your day. And I'll put that on the list. And then my list ends up being really long. Mm-hmm. It can be things that you're proud of, that you've accomplished, or it can just be like, I spent lots of time looking at the sky this mm-hmm. summer and like, what a beautiful thing that is. Um, yeah. So that's like the that next beautiful. So you go through my- your journal and your memories just to try mm-hmm. and pull out a list of all your favorite things, all the most beautiful, yeah. meaningful moments of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to forget those things, especially when they're like the little things. It is, it is nice if you keep a gratitude journal because that makes it very quick and just go back and find all the things you were grateful for. Um, but I do find gratitude journals. Sometimes you can get a little bit, um, what's the word? Like complacent with it, where you write down the same things. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my health. I'm great, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But when you're really, really specific and which I usually am in my journal, cause I pretty much detail my every single mm-hmm. day and you can pull out these little lines that you just forgot about, like the dinner with friends you went to that like was in January. So by December, you've kind of forgot. But then you get to look at it all and it feels just like mm. delightfully good. Yeah. I could see like your whole body would just be yeah. brought into the state of each of those memories. Mm-hmm. I knew somebody who who used a jar and every time they had like a, a really special experience of the year, they wanted to capture it. And oh. they every year they would fill up the jar. with little. They had little scraps of paper next to it. And then if they had one of those moments, big or small, they'd write it down and then put it in the jar. And at the end of the year. I love that idea. I know. I'm like, and then I also knew someone who, well, it was an ex-boyfriend and his mom, I'm going to keep this from this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His mom did this really beautiful thing where she had a, like a chalkboard in the kitchen. And then as the year went on, they would just write down their like joy like little oh. moments of joy in nature and like bet- like little connection moments, just things that were meaningful to them. And then at the end of the year, it would be full and they'd take a picture and use that as their holiday like postcard thing. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful that nice? practice. I know. You might get yeah. one someday. Yeah. <laughs> we should all do it. It's beautiful. We should all do that. Yeah. That beautiful. Um, yeah. These, like it's, there's people have such, such meaningful ways of, of trying to make their brain pay attention to the the little moments of joy and then focusing on those because our brain is biased to pay more attention to the negative just because that keeps us safe like yes. we need we need to pay <laughs> we need to be on high alert for that stuff so to be able to sort of like soak into the positive moments is something we can practice on purpose and i i think about this workshop i did once where we were learning about awe and wonder and how you can when you have an experience of awe or wonder, you can on purpose train your body to feel it more. Like you can oh. say, how do I open up into this more? Mm. How can I let myself be here 
a few seconds longer and and uh, and it's and then you can bring yourself back to that you can bring that memory to mind and try and soften into those experiences and the more we train ourselves to fully let our body immerse into those experiences the more that we open to them as they happen whether it's like a really cute cuddle <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> a little eye contact with a two-year-old or um just like just a moment that where you look in the sun looks just a really particular way and it's so pretty and you let yourself really feel it like this stuff is accessible to any of us and all of us all the time but it is something that requires effort to to do. I think that's why people have gratitude practices or journals. It's all these sort of little systems or structures to try to help form the habit so that our brain gets into that practice and then can more easily open up and notice and feel those experiences when they take place. Yeah. It's almost like a like you're getting you're kind of you're probably getting like a hit of dopamine when you're doing your gratitude list and it's sort of like how they say that if you you know, the more you're bringing in some nourishing foods, the more you want those nourishing mm-hmm. foods. It's sort of the same with your mindset. The more you can bring in those positive things, the more you look for it. Whereas the same could be true. I know if I'm in a pretty negative headspace and I'm just, I'm kind of looking for things to complain about because, you know, you yeah, just sort of get that. It's yes, like yeah. We, yeah. Like we tend to... Um, we tend to find evidence to support our hypothesis. So yes. it's like the hypothesis is the world sucks. Yeah. Our brain yeah. goes to work to, to back it up usually. So if we can Google search, like what is there in our own brain? Like I'm Google searching what what was a moment of, of meaning or joy for me today or what was something really, really special and seeing if, because I think it can become really rote um, coming up with those ideas, but the getting to a point it's hard like to to just be able to feel it for real. And I wonder sometimes if like, if it has to be both, like sometimes mm. it has to be the, I'm going through the motion because I'm practicing. Kind of mm-hmm. like if you're playing the piano, like some practice sessions just feel like you're going through the motion, but other times they allow you to really play and have those sort of more, you know, transcendent or just really moving experiences. And that's what it, it's like, you can't always have that and that's okay. And you you just kind of let, the practice be meaningful too, but know that sometimes that the gratitude won't just be homework, like writing it out. It can be like a feeling of like, I'm really feeling in to this. I'm feeling so truly grateful for the love I felt with from that person today. Like I really felt seen by them and I really felt, so, so I'm so grateful to have that relationship in my life. And that can feel very like full bodied. And I think that is, it's something that kind of can happen without us having to do any work, but to pay attention to it and to let ourselves imprint that in our memory so that we start looking for it more is the practice. Mm, Yeah. So what are some things that you would do around this time of year? Like, do you, do you do like some reflection or do you just like jump in and want to set? Cause I, I do know that like the end part of, um, our like goal setting kind of vision boarding is sort of similar, mm-hmm. um, but I'd be interested to know what's what's the beginning part for you. For me, um, I've tried it a lot of different ways over the years. I have used lots of different helpful guides, uh, like Susanna Conway. I've used her free guide for years. It's uh, um, the Compass, I think it's been called, or Unraveling the Year Ahead, different things, different names like that. You can just Google her. You can get it. It's really great detailed reflection guide. Um, 
there's another group called um, the Cork, the Corker Collective that my friend has shared with me the last couple of years. So you can find templates that I often do. I'm often like, great, let me just go through this reflection guide or different books I've used in the past. Um, but I just think it's it's like the the ritual of saying I'm closing out this year. And like you said, like, what can I reflect on? What have I learned? How have I grown? What has happened? Um, what do I want to leave behind? What do I want to bring with me? Asking those questions and taking the time to, to see what, what comes up. And um, just like you said, focusing on how I want to feel has become way more important to me. Like I used to goal set just with outcomes. Like mm-hmm. I want to achieve this or I want X to happen or Y to happen. And I took a course um, a few years, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, maybe more. I don't know exactly when. <laughs> it was with Danielle Laporte, Desire Map Group in LA. And she has a great book that came out years ago. And it, it's all about feelings first. So if we can figure out our core desired feelings and then choose our, our actions, our goals from those feeling states, then you flip the script because so often we do it the other way. Most people, when I work with them, will have, if they if they are goal setting or if they are setting targets for themselves, they're not always clear on why, like how they think it's going to make them feel. And so I see people who will achieve these huge things and not feel the way they want to feel. So if we know that if we can just look to the media, like there, there's countless examples of people who have so much success, but who clearly aren't feeling the way that they want to be feeling. So it's not just about what we achieve. We know that we need to, we need to ask ourselves, what am I, like, if I win this Oscar, then what do I think will happen? Mm-hmm. What is the feeling I'm wanting from that? Because when what happens is like people win the Oscar, <laughs> let's say as an example, and is it going to feel how they hoped it would feel or will it still, will it be worse? And there'll be this big void of like, well, now what? Because that mm-hmm. didn't feel the way I thought it was going to feel. Do we just move the target? Um, so what I learned in that course and I've really applied in my own life is like, how is it I want to feel? What are my words for this year? Some people change their words even more than once a year. I, I usually do it around the new year and just get very clear on one, two, three, four, five words, whatever feels right. And and words that are like they're coming from my heart. And when I see them, they feel exciting. There's like a full body yes feeling. Mm. And sometimes getting the right words is the, that's the that's the reflection journaling work I would do or like looking on the thesaurus thing on Google. Like yeah. Trying to find synonyms for words that I'm like, it's in that category, but that's not exactly it. And then trying to find a collection of words that really captures the feeling state I'm most craving. And every year I, it's, it's fun to look back on them because I can see how, how I'm wanting to feel changes. But when you start with the feelings first and then think of actions that bring about those feelings, like, um, let me think of an example. I had, okay, so one of the, the first year I did this, the big word I was after was spacious. Spacious was how I wanted to feel. And then then I used that as an anchor or like a guiding compass word of what would make me feel spacious? 
what are the actions I could take that bring about spaciousness in the way that I'm desiring to feel. And then it's a lot easier to stick to your commitments or your your goals or whatever because they're they're inherently inspiring. Like there's an internal pull towards them. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Let's maybe let's share some sure. of our words. All right. Now, well, for example, playful was one of my 2022 words. Yeah. Hence our dance class. That's where that came from. Yeah. So it's like I want to feel playful. You know, it's hilarious. <laughs> We have so many of these happening in our lives, I feel. But um, I went back and looked at my stuff from 2022 because it was at the back of my agenda. And one of the things was more movement, more dancing. And ah! I like didn't even really remember that. And I was like, so funny because you were the one that invited me to go back to a dance class. And uh-huh. it felt so good. Uh-huh. So I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, how does she know? <laughs> she just knew. Um well, yeah. this podcast is one of my playful things too that I would like. Yeah. I didn't put do podcast when I wrote my goals because we didn't have the idea. I don't think yeah. yet. No. Um. And so, but when I when I kept thinking all year, like I my words were playful and um, fresh and expansive. Mm. And so when you said, "What about if we did a podcast?" I'm like, I'm so clear that I want to feel playful, fresh, and expansive. Does a <laughs> podcast bring about those feelings? Yeah. Yes. You wrote back in all caps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's like it is in yeah, the you zone knew. of how I want to. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's so good for decision making. If you can feel it in your body because you already know how you want to have to feel. Like it, you, it's easier to listen to your gut instinct that way yeah. when you're presented with the decision if you already have the idea of how you want to feel it does make decision making a lot easier a little bit simpler Mm -hmm. um so this year for me one of the things that I have on is curiosity so Mm -hmm. I want to be I want to follow things I'm curious about but maybe never made the time to learn about or try sometimes I can be guilty of being like well that's really interesting but like I don't have time to look it up or read about it or play with it um, or I get like ner- too nervous to 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 go into it. But nervous, yeah. Just like if there's like a mm, like a project that maybe I'd be kind of curious about, instead of if it if it feels a little bit scary, or like a little bit like mm, that might not be like I may not be at that level yet for that project. Sometimes it's nice to just like get your feet a little wet and maybe you know be more curious about it. And one of those things, too, is being more curious about, like, why I'm feeling certain ways. Like, I, you know, curiosity is just like a, Mm -hmm. it feels good to me. Like, let's be more curious. It comes with, you know, maybe being more open-minded on things, too. Sometimes there'll be, like, curiosity maybe for me is, like, more project-based or maybe, like, Mm hobby-based. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then I never look into it. Mm. Does that make any sense? Kind of. Well, let's, let's keep going. Kind of. What, 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 um, I just mean, well, it makes sense what you're saying. I just mean <laughs> I want to know what more about it. So mm-hmm. so when what's an example of um, something um, you were curious about but then didn't? Oh, like um, we've, we were talking about um, like not card reading but human design. Yeah, human design or like, um, you know, Astrology? there's a lady in Summerside. Oh, psychics? Yes, yeah. yeah, that I've always been curious about, mm. but a little too nervous to actually okay. find out what that's about. 
And sometimes if I can't tie it to something um, like like an accomplishment, ah. I don't really want to try it. If there's nothing that's going to be like, oh, a big check oh, mark for you. I follow. I yes. follow. So, so just doing things for curiosity's sake. Yeah. You want to yes. just yeah. learn for the sake of learning for, yeah. to, to follow a thread that maybe just ends. Like M- just, maybe just, just for ends. its yeah. own. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do anything with it. Yeah. But maybe I am curious enough about it to do a session with somebody and mm. see what happens. Ooh, I've always been very that. nervous of that world. But so interested in it. Let yourself be curious and open. Letting yeah. yourself say, "Well, what what might what might happen if I let this in?" Yeah, that is a that is a lot of curiosity to yeah. be that. Um, like it takes a lot of trust mm-hmm. to be curious. Yes, I think I'm getting there with mm-hmm. myself a little mm-hmm. bit better. I, I feel. I think actually, Stanley Lulabel gave me like a little bit more trust in my. Mm-hmm. Curiosity, because that came out of being like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it would feel like if. Mm. And it felt good. So maybe I'll try whatever. I think that's the next so thing. exciting. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want to share one? Oh, sure. Um, so one of my words for 2023 is wild-hearted. Mm, that's lovely. That mm-hmm. hits beautifully. Which I mean by that, like alive, vibrant electric, those kinds of words, like wild-hearted. I just know what I mean, but it's a, it's a feeling. Those are some descriptive words. Even sort of feminine is in mm-hmm. there, like mm-hmm. something in that zone of that kind of energy. Um, so whenever I think of words, I think of some actions I can take that I think will bring about those feelings, mostly because I think it's really powerful to remember that when we know how we want to feel, we can do things to bring about those desired feeling states. And that's really empowering. And it doesn't have to be the specific things that you write down. Because if wild-hearted is the state I'm after, and I wrote down, like one of the things I wrote down was go skiing. Well, wahoo, if I break my leg and I can't go skiing, (laughs) that doesn't mean I can't still feel Mm wild-hearted. So that I'm less tied to the actions or like the goals by themselves and more to the feeling and knowing that there's multiple pathways to get there. So our dance class and ultimately a recital um, yes. <laughs> is is on the list for that that wild-hearted feeling. I love the wild-hearted word. That but all the things that you described after it, I'm like, that is you. I see you in all those words that you used to describe the word. He <laughs> lacked. Oh. Yeah, I feel like you bring well, a lot well. of you bring a lot of vibrancy in life to situations, oh, I feel. That's nice. <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, yeah, there's things in there. It's just, it's like this. I want to embark into this, this sort of zone of, of this divine feminine energy that mm. I've like been adjacent to and I'm just curious about. And I, I tend to be pretty like strong and um, like charge forward and assertive and have some of those maybe like, like some of that, I don't know, I, like I want to say masculine energy in some ways. Like sometimes I just want to bring into balance more of that yin and yang mm-hmm. energy. Um, yeah, so I know there's some workshops I've been curious about of people who who kind of help you expand into that understanding. And I always just want to know more about it. Um, I want to walk more to and from work. Like to me, that is also connected to that alive, vibrant, like to me, when I was thinking, what would make me feel wild-hearted? It's it can be as simple as just like fresh winter air, mm-hmm. right? 
I love a good cold walk. Me too. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like logistically, that one comes with some shifts because normally Greg, my partner, does daycare drop-off and I do Mm pickup. And so I take the car to work. But I've noticed that I'd really love some buffer time with my with my work in in that walk as like decompression time. Mm. So um, so logistically, we'll have to swap um, in order to bring about more of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That like a, a that's like a such an actionable mm-hmm. item, which is and an experiment. Great. Like yeah. I'll try it, yeah. and if I don't feel wild hearted, <laughs> if I just feel cold. <laughs> And that's it also fine too. doesn't have to be every day. <laughs> right. You know, you're putting this on your list, but it doesn't have to be like, I have to do this five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could split yeah. it up. Yeah. 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 So under Wild Hearted, I have, uh, you know, five or six ideas of, mm-hmm. of actions I would bring that about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is content. Less focus on trying to fix myself all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which leads back into curiosity. I can be curious about the way I am, but maybe it's okay to just like be that way and not fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to to work on that yeah. <laughs> without like working on it too hard at the same time, you know. Yeah. I um went to to dinner with one of our friends and she was like I said that I was like I you know, I just I find I'm I'm in it a lot. I'm constantly talking about what I'm going through or why I'm the way I am and she was like, "Well, yeah, but you go to therapy. Like, you can just talk about it there. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I don't, it doesn't have to be my whole life why I'm curious about certain things. And maybe I don't need to just, I get myself stuck in it, in that thinking. Like, oh, I'm, I'm broken in this area. I need to fix it. But I can just be like, you know what? I have some vases at home that are broken and they're beautiful. And I am not going to bother gluing them back together because it's fine makes makes it part of the art and I think I I would like to be more content with the pieces that I feel are broken mm-hmm. but not having to glue myself back together mm-hmm. I've said it before <laughs> I'll say it again you're not broken but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that feeling mm-hmm. that you know you, or or maybe I just I do have some like obsessive t- tendencies so if I I'm really interested in one thing or or really set on one feeling. I like dissect, dissect it until it's just like there's nothing left, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And maybe I don't need to dissect it so much. Mm-hmm. It can it's just hard be. hard to let things just be. Yeah. It is so hard to let things just be. And to trust that that's, mm-hmm. that you are, that you, like, like the, that idea of, the cracks are how the light gets in and mm-hmm. how the love gets in and that all of yeah. those things make us who we are. And I think real self-worth does come from being able to say, here are all my pieces, call them broken or don't, but mm-hmm. the, this is what it is. This is what it is. this is who I am. And, and the self-worth is being able to look at the impact that we have on people mm-hmm. and be able to say, well, I still fundamentally, like, I know I'm good on the inside and I love myself, but mm-hmm. that means that I have the willingness to look at any harm I may be doing or I'll be willing to let myself grow to learn and just being able to separate that from having to like be a project or mm-hmm. fix ourselves or like, oh, yeah. I better change this about myself because then I, then maybe I'll be lovable, but realizing we actually already are. Yeah. And that's a very different foundation to be like, right, exactly as I am. If I never changed, like 
I'd still be lovable. Mm-hmm. But I'm because I know that to be true, because I know that I am really somebody who is worthy of love and and I give that to myself. That's like the platform or the foundation I need to be able to look at kind of the shadow parts of ourselves or the parts of ourselves that maybe we don't want to see or mm-hmm. that we've been avoiding. And there's that's just the difference. It's it's mm-hmm. like you can look at some we can all look at areas of ourselves where like, yeah, that's I do that. When I get triggered in that way, I do that thing. Mm-hmm. And I can be curious about it too. Like I can tie those together. I can be Mm -hmm. curious why I maybe do that or Mm -hmm. have a tendency towards that. And I do think it's it's an important thing to mention that like if you're working on like a trauma or, and this is something I've been learning like lately, if you're working on like a trauma, big or small, you can work on it to get past it, but you don't always have to work in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I, I can, I can sort of work on something or want to be better at something without having to be in it and being upset that I am that way. I can just move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my content. Mm. Say more about that. What do you mean? Um, hmm. I don't really know. <laughs> like, I feel what I know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> inside my body, I know how it feels to explain it outwards. Yeah. Um, I think. It, it can be tricky, like self-improvement and, and that stuff can be tricky. And sometimes I can look too hard at it, um, which can feel self-involved. And that's something I'm very conscious of. But um, I don't think that I need to feel like I'm being self-involved in those moments I can be curious about them I don't need to fix 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 mm-hmm. um but sometimes when I feel in it it just feels like heavy and I'm trying to fix it but because I'm so in that feeling or so beating myself down about that memory or that moment or that experience I can't move forward mm. whereas if I can just let that happen not being content with something bad that happened but being content with okay those are what my feelings are around that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's see how I can bring myself up. Do you have a for instance? Yeah, but I think it's okay. I think it's it might okay. be a little too heavy to you share. Have a on lighter, that. for instance. <laughs> yeah, like a small, yeah. uh, two, like maybe a level like two, for instance. Yeah. Well, we talked about in the friendship episode. You know, I was so in that with the with the big friendship breakup. Mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to that episode, you'll hear that I had a very close childhood friend. We are not friends anymore. I mean, we're not enemies, but we're just, it's just over, you know? And I took, I carried that around for so long and I just felt in it. Like, like shame, so like the shame was it. still with yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Whereas instead, I'd really like to be able to be like, you know what? I do feel shame around that. And that's okay. Yep. What can I do next? What can I do in my friendships now mm-hmm. to be lighter? Mm-hmm. Instead of constantly thinking about that experience then and bringing it into my relationship now. Right. As a being scared that something might happen. What helped you to put it down? Um, well, something lately that helped me put it down. Like, I feel like the last few years I have kind of let that go. Um, but something I've realized lately is that the story I have written for my past and in my head might not be the story in that person's life, you know, like, or if, so this person was a big part of my life and she is a part of my story. 
So like I talk about it. My husband knows very exactly what happened. I talk like I, you know, talk about it a lot. That's not this. That's not true for her. You know, that's not, I'm not in her story that way. And that kind of felt good to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't need to constantly carry this with me Mm -hmm. for the future. Like, I'm constantly thinking about how much that hurt me and how much I probably hurt her. But she's not even really thinking about it. So I don't know why I keep bringing it into my friendships now. I'm so scared people will like leave or I'll hurt them somehow. Mm -hmm. And she's fine, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just like laying it down Mm -hmm. and bringing presentness and lightness into my friendships instead of that like scared I wonder feeling. if um like I know in my own life what's made it easier because I can I can relate with sort of staying in something a lot longer than another party mm-hmm. is in it like yeah. I can I can be really 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 in it for a long time and some of that I think is an effort to like stay connected in a way because like as long as I'm still mm-hmm. deeply upset about this and and very t- then then we're still connected yeah it's like releasing the connection is really scary wow that's a yeah well, that's know. smart and, then, <laughs> and another one is um I've, I think that when I learned how to just own my part and then forgive myself for real and, and like apologize if that's what's needed in mm-hmm. the case, then it's really much quicker for me to put things down because in the for a long time when I was younger, it would have been really hard to say when, if something was happening that, that became really difficult and I was carrying it around and feeling really entrenched in it, I now know that's a sign that I'm feeling likely responsible for mm-hmm. it in some way and that it's best if I face that head on yeah. and really tried to practice. And I think it just, it's like the more you do it, that's actually how you build your self-worth and your self-trust is like the more that you can say, I screwed up. Mm. I think that hurt you. And here's, and here's what, and I want to, I want to say, I'm so sorry. And and here's the ways I think I hurt you. Um, and like do that work to figure that out. It's so, it's not, it, it, if we're really fragile, it's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But when the stronger we become, and that's like such a deposit in becoming a stronger person is being able to say, I faced, like we all, it's hard. To, it's like, I feel like people, I see this in the, my work a lot. And I see this in just in the world, especially right now. Often people are so, have such a hard time apologizing because it's hard. Well, it is hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it requires a basis of self-worth and self-esteem that not everyone has. Mm-hmm. And to be able to look at your your role in something when you're just your most of your energy is going into saying, I didn't know, nope, didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. You did it. <laughs> then then it's then people get stuck. And when you see somebody who's willing to to look at that and know I'm still not I'm still not a bad person. Like I still know I'm good. Mm. And I know that and therefore I can say I did something wrong. And therefore I can look at you and say, this is where I think I screwed it up. And and even if that other person doesn't really matter what they do with it, doesn't matter if they apologize back, it doesn't matter if they it it it's it cleans your side of the street and it makes us feel like when I do that, I always feel like my own self-worth increases mm. because I was allowing myself to not have to be perfect. I was allowing myself to say, I screwed up and that's okay. I still love me and I'll make amends because I'm gonna keep screwing up, but I'm now so much more comfortable being able to know when I need to do that and also know, I mean, the flip side of that is <laughs> it feels so good that sometimes 
my tendency can be almost to, to take too much responsibility for <laughs> so trying to figure out how to um to also know when it's like we do that you can't always fix what someone else's work to do but mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I don't I think I'm just guessing that the reason it's been easier to put that one down is because you talked about it and you forgive yourself mm-hmm. and you and you owned your part and then and then your own inner self got stronger and loves you and knows like I was a kid and has self-compassion for yourself and is like able to see that she's okay and you're okay and you have lots of wonderful friends who love you and you learn from it. And that's all any of us can do. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's what's made it easier for me with situations like that where I've had to figure out how to just apologize and forgive myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forgiving yourself is, it can often be actually, you can feel like someone else hurt you, but... The, the trickiest part of the whole thing is sometimes they'll apologize and you still don't feel any better and you realize that you hurt yourself. Now you you really got to forgive yourself for mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> mm-hmm. toughy. <laughs> yeah, or we think, oh, I'd, if they, like for years, there was a really hard relationship that I thought if they could just be sorry, mm-hmm. like if they could just yeah. apologize to me, everything would be better because I would be able to forgive myself if I knew they forgave me. Um, and I'd be able to forgive them. If, like it was all intertangled. Yeah. But it really was simple. And it really was just, I need to own what I, my part in this. And, and once I did that, it, I felt free. Mm-hmm. You almost don't need the other no. apology. You don't really feel the need for that apology. It's after. a bonus. Yeah. But if it, <laughs> it but is. it didn't, it doesn't always happen. And, yeah. And it, and it's still, freeing. Now that's not in the case of, that's if things are really co-created and, and sometimes things are, are just a lot more, um, like one-sided if there's a power differential or if it's trauma or things like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Should I share my second word? Yes, please. Okay. Comfort. Comfort slash delight. (laughs) Uh, so I put in that zone, focus on my cozy connections. Love so that. people like Alyssa, <laughs> people who make me feel cozy, <laughs> just focus on the relationships that give me that feeling, that that comfort and delight feeling. I want to reread one of my favorite books is on that list. Um, and I put uh, intentional unplugged time every week. Mm. Yeah. We could all use that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> things around vacation, things around uh, putting like more photos of our our family and friends around the house, just stuff. Those are just ideas that bring about comfort and delight. Cause I know I would love if at the end of 23, 2023, I can say I'm feeling a lot of comfort and delight. <laughs> I mean, that's, that sounds, yeah, that sounds delightful. <laughs> I had a friend who reread a bunch of childhood books, like Aww. kids books. Or like young adult books. That's a great idea. Yeah. That would bring comfort and delight. so much from it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was Babysitter's Club. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, Awake and Dreaming. Oh, Kit Pearson fans. Any Kit Pearson fans out there? Oh, that was my favorite book ever. Yeah, I think Mm. it's a great idea. I actually ended up reading some Nancy Drew books when she did that because I was like, that sounds great. So cozy. And it was. Cozy and like you can read it so fast, so you really felt like, "Oh my God, look at me go!" Those BSC books, just the first couple chapters, were the same. Everyone, anyway. Yes, yeah, you could flip back. I do wonder if Sweet Valley High would like hit different. Like if I'd if I'd read it now and be like, "Uh oh, (laughs) 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 problematic," but oh well. 
It's, uh, yeah, I don't think, I, I think the babysitter's club were just industrious, yeah. hardworking 12-year-olds. Oh, yes. <laughs> it really made me think it was super normal to take a community by storm. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, yes, me too. Do you have anything oh, else on yours? I do. I have a few more things oh, on my um, list here. Um, childhood play mm. is big for me for 2023. Um and I think I get a lot of playfulness now because I have a child so I can watch him delight in things and play with things and I'm on the floor doing things that I wouldn't have done necessarily by myself. <laughs> no. And they're, and they're, <laughs> we don't usually play with talk trucks on the floor. But like um, I put here mundane magic, mm. like simple, simple ways that you found joy as a kid that were playful, like maybe moving my body in ways that aren't so... Rig- not rigid, but just more playful yeah. um, and expressive. And like when I was a kid, I always had hobbies or extracurricular activities and I really loved them. So like dance class was a great reminder for me, like, oh, I actually really like having something to do like this where I'm learning, but I'm also having fun and getting out of my comfort zone and um, trying to, you know, maybe not as being as self-conscious as mm-hmm. when you go in as adults, you just like, it's really hard to move your body and act silly and not worry about if anyone else is watching you look silly. So I'd really like to do tennis lessons. I've had this on my list for like a hundred years, but I'm going to do it. This year, I'm going to at least take one tennis lesson. I love it. Yeah. And I have like dancing, singing, and doing hobbies that are just for me not to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in this day and age of social media, it's very easy to be like, I'm going to turn this art project into something I can make some side money at or like get accolades from or, you know, and I just want to play with paint and like maybe do some like ceramic work or something, something with my hands or it's playful and it's just for me. It mm-hmm. doesn't need to be shared. If I want to share it, maybe I will, but I have an, a, a vision for a, a painting like a textured painting I want to create for our bedroom. And and I'm really excited to like dive in, get my hands really dirty and, you know, maybe add a couple more garden beds this year. Like get dirty and childish and playful. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. See how it's, I can see how it's coming from, from inside of your heart. And these are like, they're not, I don't know, like the goals, these goals sound really different than being like, I'm going to read, 60 books. And I mean, maybe like that, not to say you couldn't have that if that was really connected to your feelings, but it's, it's like, there's a difference between goals that just sound good mm-hmm. and go- and goals that feel really good in your heart. And that's what that one sounds like. Yeah. My third word is held, um, like nurtured, supported, sheltered, protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of my ideas of actions I can take to bring about that feeling would be to send intentional appreciations. Um, that's just a practice I've done off and on over the years that I find really impactful to um, to just make a list of 20 people and send a sincere appreciation, whether it's a text or an email or a call or a handwritten note or just say it. But it's just um, people, it could be people close to you, people you just grocery store <laughs> meet, Um one time I did it for somebody who was an actress in a show I saw. So just somebody who you have a genuine thought of appreciation and sharing it. Um, I know that that makes me feel more held, which 
not sure why there's a link there, but it, I just know it brings about that feeling of um, of connection and and it's like when you act in a supportive way to others, I think we tend to feel more supported. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some things around just yoga and meditation, breath work, affirmation, writing. Any none of it is being said rigidly or like I have to stick to the, this number of practices or whatever, but more just. I want to, I know that those things, those types of practices help me feel held in that way, like by myself, like self-held. And so just knowing that those are things I can turn to, to bring that about. Yeah. I really like that self-held. Like Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I can see, I can see that being a craving to have that. Yeah, like just Mm -hmm. strengthen that feeling of, of being able to provide that internally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, some friendships I really want to, um, like some people I love dearly who don't live where I live and want to prioritize making sure I see them this year. Mm. And then like waiting for the invitation. I think I've talked about that before. That is one of my key messages that I always have to come back to. It's like, if I can wait for the invitation in relationships, then the people who come to for me, like who put that effort in, I know that like there's a, I inherently feel held by it because mm-hmm. when I do when I do too much, when I work too hard, then it reinforces anxiety because it makes me think if I didn't do it, they wouldn't be here. And so when I just stop doing it, <laughs> then, I mean, I still do. Like, I don't just disappear, <laughs> but I like I try to create more space and tolerate my own anxiety just a little bit longer because usually then I'll be so pleasantly surprised by the the fact that I just tend to get there really quick. And mm-hmm. usually if you give people a couple more days, they get there. And then that feels so good. And then I'm like, see, I don't have to do it. And and then that that heals that sort of deeper fear. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty easy to fall into always being the one to to go ahead and to Well, for know. us, I think a lot of people yes, have the opposite us, yeah. <laughs> opposite pattern where they don't. They yeah. have to practice making the invitation. They're, they that feels too vulnerable or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I had a friend who like set the opposing goal. Like she's going oh. to make more invitations. Yeah. Which I was like, fantastic. Send yeah. them my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I do also have just like little goals. As I do think goals are great. Like, I don't want to badmouth goals. Goal, having a goal, having something that you want to accomplish is great. But it's just, I don't do my goals anymore. Like, I need to do this. I don't like setting a time around my goals to like, I need to do this five times a week, three times a week. It, that just doesn't feel expansive to me anymore. So my are I'm much more broad, but one of my goals is to be more present um, and to be more of an active listener. Kaylee and I really dove into this when we went to... Um, Misa Nordic Spa here on PEI. And it might be Misa. Misa? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I had a All little right. chat about it with Sam. Okay. And he said he thinks it's Misa. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, great. That's good to know. We were there and we had this beautiful day. And then um, we were talking about how I, and I, I do think this happens for other people. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I don't feel like I'm alone in this. And I have a voice in my head all the time. And Sometimes I'm thinking so fast. It's like my my thoughts are going so fast that I go past where I wanted to ask someone a question and just went right to how I can connect it with that person. 
And in turn, it sounds like I'm always talking about myself. But in my head, I've like, I've already had like a full conversation going back and forth, trying so hard to connect that I miss the connection. Um, so I really want to practice just listening and not having much to say back, which I find really hard because I'm trying so hard to connect, but forcing that connection can actually disconnect. So mm. those are my little my little goals. I love that. Yeah. My last word is expressive slash released. Mm. Um, I put that I want to uh, like write at least, I used to write a lot of songs and then um, I married a musician and <laughs> got all intimidated. Uh, and so I, I have no, as you said, but it's like a fun hobby. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not to put no albums coming out. It's just, <laughs> I'd buy it. So <laughs> thank you. I'm not uh, like a trained or fantastic singer by any stretch. It's just, it's, I just like to express myself like that. And I want to reconnect to the part of me that used to feel like that was um, accessible. It just, it's, there's, it, you, they, it used to make me feel when I could get a song out that captured a feeling like or a hard experience I'd been through, it made me feel like I had done something with it. Like it made me, it helped me process it. So when I would hear it back, it just made me feel more integrated, I guess. And so I want to use that as sort of a therapeutic outlet. And I just am hoping since I have Greg recording studio here like <laughs> I'd like to at least record one just for my own just for my own self um so that would be something I uh, I just want to make something new like I just want to make something new whatever that could be I've worked on some kids books over the last year I have some other partnerships on the go and um some things that we've talked about you and I mm-hmm. like there's things just I just want to make something and I just want to try really hard to keep communicating with integrity and genuine heart-led truth and brave truth and kind truth in my real relationships, um, like with anyone I'm, whether it's a work relationship or my in my life, um, even on Instagram, even in the podcast, like in every area, I want that to feel to feel integrated. Um, yeah, and so I'm just just trying to put myself, just express and release what I have inside of me out. I think that you're doing it. I think you're doing a beautiful job of creating and expressing um, and putting beautiful products out into the world where you can mm. help people find their own voice a little bit easier. Thank you're very you. good at that. Thank you. <laughs> well, I loved this topic. This was a fun episode. I'd really be curious on um, what you guys have been doing or what words are coming to mind when you're starting to think about this. And again, just a reminder, you don't have to do this at the beginning of the year, whenever it feels good. Or if you're in a like a difficult time, if you're going through something awful, maybe maybe set a new word just for this this little time, this phase of life that you're in that can maybe feel a little bit lighter mm-hmm. um, and bring some some peace to your mind there. But Mm. Yeah, as always, it's been great. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you. See you next time.